1: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter Wonderful Pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, Wonderful Pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These Little Wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday. From 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd.
1: This is the Best of the Herd with
2: Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. (coughs) Oh, it's a Wednesday. We're live in Los Angeles. This is the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, or watching, thanks for making this part of your day. Lots of choices. J-Mac still on vacay. Uh, I'm going to take tomorrow and the next day off. Get ready for some golf at the Masters in Augusta. It is great to have Yin in. Ryan's filling in at the Herdline News Desk. We have a great show today. There is a lot to talk about. And the NBA season is coming to a regular season close. And here's the good news. Got a lot of NBA. Lakers have now officially qualified. They have clinched a spot in the play-in tournament. That's a little bit like getting a voucher for the right to stand in line on a Friday night at the nightclub for a right to get into it. You may not get into it, but you got a voucher. You get to stand in line. So that's what the Lakers are. LeBron played great and a ton of minutes. Anthony Davis played very well and a ton of minutes. In fact, the stories this morning are LeBron said last night, I'm going to see how my foot feels when I wake up. And Anthony Davis said, I don't know if I'm playing against the Clippers tonight because I haven't played back-to-backs in a long time. And this is sort of a classic example of where the Lakers are. They win a very, very gutty road game. And the number one concern is our old guy played too much and our always hurt guy can't play back-to-back. A little bit like cramming for a final. You'll pass the test. You're not an A student. The Lakers have been cramming for this playoff test for the last two weeks, and they've won seven of eight. They're focused. They're playing through pain. It's impressive. I do not think it's terribly sustainable. Why is a kid cramming in college? Because he parties too much. Why are the Lakers now having to cram for the playoffs? Because they get hurt too much. But if the tournament, the March Madness tournament, if that's what the Lakers were going into, I'd like their chances. They've shown on individual nights – They can be very good. They've beaten Denver twice this year, beaten the Nuggets twice. Uh, They beat Milwaukee on a Friday night in Milwaukee. I watched the Saturday night game against the Celtics. They went toe to toe with a team I think can win the championship. If this was March Madness, one game, everybody rested. I think the Lakers could be a handful. But to win the championship, it's four playoff series. You have to win potentially 28 games. Uh, These guys are complaining. And rightfully so, that they don't play back-to-backs and their feet are sore. <laughs> okay, sounds like a retirement community in Florida after a rough night out. Um, so here's the way I look at the bright side. Anthony Davis is playing his butt off. He's playing through pain. It's really impressive. He's dominating down low. LeBron had a couple of baskets last night that made him look like he was 29 years old. It is and has been since Westbrook left. A very united front. They play defense. Anthony Davis plays injured. LeBron has his rest, but the minutes he does play, he can be spectacular. They create contact. They get to the free throw line. Last night was a nice win. Utah's not great, but they're better than we thought they would be six months ago. But Darvin Ham now has a question on his hands. They play the Clippers tonight. They can still move up in the standings and get out of the play-in game and be a real playoff team. But do you play AD tonight? Do you play LeBron tonight? Here's Darvin Ham's answer. We have our short-term business we need to take care of and our long-term business we need to take care of. We prioritize a player's health
0: first and foremost you know, regardless of what the stakes are, what's at the, the implications of a win or a loss or all of that, like we need our players to know that
2: we care about their health first and foremost. It's a group decision and we see that we can't, you know, they won't have any issues in terms of
0: their health and we're not putting them at risk then we'll proceed if there's any kind of question marks we'll walk through them talk through them um and go from there
2: my guess is anthony davis who no longer plays back-to-backs probably rests Uh, LeBron probably gives it a decent effort, gives you 15 to 20 minutes, which is what he should be playing most of the regular season maybe 22, 24 minutes, not these 36, 38 minute games. Uh, tonight's a big game, it's quasi at home against the Clippers, but that's where the Lakers are when they have a great performance. They cross their fingers that everybody's healthy and can play the next game, especially if it's a back to back. It doesn't feel sustainable. But if you think big picture, and even Darvin Ham said it, big picture, Anthony Davis has a huge market now. He did not three months ago. Like, he has played great basketball, and he has carried this team on both ends on a lot of nights. The market now is there if he remains healthy. But I still contend this is not a team capable of winning four playoff series and somewhere between 23 and 28 games. Okay, so yesterday the Warriors won last night. Clay Thompson was a late scratch. They had to go to Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, big night combined for 64 points. Bad first half. What's new for the Warriors? Came back, had a great third, good fourth, and won. So Nick Wright said something yesterday about the Warriors dynasty in this year where Andrew Wiggins has missed a bunch of time. Um, you know, it, it's been one of those. it have been a terrible road team. And, and Nick Wright made this claim yesterday on the show no one will ever take the regular season seriously again if your beloved warriors win the title because if the warriors if andrew wiggins can just be gone for 2 months the warriors can be 2 and 20 2 and 20 on the road against 500 teams and then go win the title then why would anyone care about the regular season ever again i would argue it is important for the health of the nba that the warriors get bounced in round one, and it's like, oh, you sleepwalking for five months, <laughs> there is a penalty for that. Well, they weren't sleepwalking on purpose. The truth is there's been a lot of factors here, and I totally 100% disagree with Nick Wright. The Warriors winning again would, first of all, send two big messages. Culture matters and keep your stars together, even if you have to overpay them a little. The Warriors winning a title would also send this message. When one of your stars, Andrew Wiggins, goes through a dramatic personal crisis, you totally support him, there are no leaks, nothing gets out, and you've got his back, and you welcome him in. The other message is, hey, man, it's not pretty. It's hard to win titles here. There's no layups. Michael Jordan's Bulls dynasty. Wasn't that 10-part documentary great? It was also revealing Jerry Krause, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson trying to heroically hold it all together. Michael retires for baseball. It's hard. The Kobe Shaq dynasty. Jeff Perlman's written about that. I mean, I, you can't even I you can't believe they won 3 championships and they should have won 4 if Karl Malone doesn't get hurt. This stuff is hard. The Warriors if they won this year with an aging staff on the heels of the Draymond punch to Jordan Poole, inflamed the locker room, on Clay having a bizarrely good resurgence to his career when we thought the best days were over, with Andrew Wiggins missing 40-plus games, being the worst road team to ever make the playoffs. That's a 30-for-30. 30 30. That's a movie script. That's great for sports. You could call it from punch to the playoffs. What the Warriors have done this year is remarkable. It's full of different storylines and drama and conflict. Listen, they didn't want Andrew Wiggins to go through what he did. They didn't want the Draymond Poole situation to inflame to that. They weren't rooting for that stuff, but they support their guys. Culture matters. Have your guys back. Don't worry about the salary cap. If you got to pay a little more, pay a little more to keep the band together. They made a big, bold move. They moved off Wiseman. They brought an old guy in the band, Peyton, back. That's what sports is all about. That's why the Warriors continue to get massive ratings in the Bay Area. Because everybody knows the members in the band. Good God, people traveled with the Grateful Dead forever. You go and see the band, you know, forever. The one-hit wonder, you don't. The Warriors loyal to a fault to some of their guys you'd argue they develop players they have drama they overcome it they don't bail on people I think that's what's great about this dynasty they won last night and Steve Kerr talked about it
3: it's fun this is all you know what it's about we we love the competition and even though we'd prefer to be you know home free in the playoffs right now um, this is where we are and I'm really proud of the The guys, what they've done here in recent weeks to put ourselves in this position. But now we got to go finish the deal and, um, you know, get get into the top six.
2: By the way, last night was a classic example. Uh, Clay Thompson, who loves to play, had back soreness. He was a game-time scratch. So they have to dig into their bench. They surrender 79 points in the first half. They're in a hole, and they come back as they're prone to do and have a huge third quarter and win. I actually think this is a very, very likable dynasty. You know, they do 30 for 30s on the Yankees dynasty. There's no salary cap. They just went and bought the best players. Or in college football where, you know, Alabama or a Georgia, in the footprint of the South, they're just more great high school football players. They get them and they dominate. Those aren't likable. This is likable. Little drama, a little ego, overcoming, Wiggins story. I, I think it's amazing. And, and I, I don't know how a team, I said this yesterday, the biggest break for the Warriors is that the West this year is unsettled. If you put them in the East, I think they'd be in big trouble because I think we know what the Bucks and the Sixers and the Celtics and the Heat and the Cavs are. Some are too young, some are missing a star, but you have a really solid top of the Eastern Conference. The West is question marks and who's going to play tonight. So it's a little bit of a break for the Warriors. They get a weaker West. Will Chris Paul stay healthy? Could Kevin Durant go down? Is Paul George available? Would LeBron and AD both be there? This is the year for the Warriors to scratch and claw their way to win the West. There's been a lot of years where there's defined good teams with experienced stars, healthy and ready to play. This is not one of those years. So I find it incredibly likable. Disagree totally. Sends all sorts of great messages. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays
0: at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D.
1: and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Dakovis is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited-edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Dakovis boots made by hand, time-honored tradition with timeless styles always on trend they have first wear comfort with little to no break-in period it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket stop by your local Tacova store have a complimentary drink and shop new styles the smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service if you can't make it to a store, visit t e c o v a s dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Certain games do matter in the NBA. Lakers win last night matters for them. They clinched the spot in the play in-game, and the Warriors win matters. They have to win those home games because they're not winning ro- games on the road. <laughs> so, And then there are games that may feel like they're big, but they're not really big. Last night's a great example is that Joel Embiid had a monster night, and they beat the Celtics. Okay, context. Jalen Brown was out, second-best player, sometimes the best player for the Celtics, and their center, Robert Williams, was out. Embiid's trying to get that MVP vote, so he's going to play as Arsoff, and the Sixers were 0-3 against the Celtics this season, so it meant more. There were four clear factors to assist urgency for the Sixers and to hurt Boston. Sorry, fanboys in Philly. This game still came down to the final shot. This is the classic NBA regular season game that NBA fans look at and go, wow. And I go, it meant very little to Boston. It meant a lot to Joel Embiid, his MVP pursuit, and to finally beat the Celtics psychologically in one of their four matchups this year. It was a perfect setup for a team to get blown out. And yet the Celtics, it came down to the last shot. I'm more impressed with Boston than Philadelphia last night. And we've said this about Boston. Their championship really lies in Robert Williams, the center, even though he's probably their fourth best player. And the reason being is because the East has so many good and active bigs Giannis, Embiid, Evan Mobley at Cleveland, Bamata Bayou at Miami. A lot of really good active bigs. And Robert Williams, when he's out, the Celtics are awful. They're small and unathletic at center. Last night, you had 6'9", old, offensive-leaning Al Horford taking on Embiid, who is absolutely a magical player. If you vote him MVP, I got no problem. I wish he played more regularly. But on his best nights, he's as good as anybody the sport has seen in years. But Boston last night, 3-0 and against the Sixers. Didn't play crucial players. Nobody's worried about MVP. In fact, in Boston these days, they're trying to get good players rest. They're, they're trying to find rest for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It was a showcase for a wildly gifted player in Joel Embiid that can do a little bit of everything. He's really fun to watch. Uh, and Doc Rivers made a big push for the MVP afterwards.
3: There's so many things uh, that we did wrong. Uh, but what we did right was Joel and B um, and if the MVP race is over I, I, I'm really like tonight we had we couldn't make shots. we had guys making shots with uh, open shots. The man just scored half our points in the NBA game um, and I'm biased, but the MVP race is over
2: yeah it it, it does matter. We know this in college football what's your schedule look like We know in college basketball when you get certain ratings. Who did you beat? On paper, it's like, wow, they beat the Celtics. Not really. They didn't beat the Celtics. They beat the Celtics backs up, backups. Jalen Brown and Robert Williams out. It's not the same basketball team. Robert Williams is the key for Boston. I know you think it's Tatum and Jalen Brown. In the West, Tatum would be everything. But in the, East, in the West, you know Jokic isn't that athletic. He doesn't defend terribly well. There's not a lot of dominating bigs. I think Anthony Davis is great. When he's available, DeAndre Ayton has certain limitations on both ends of the floor. All the young centers I like, the, the Evan Mobleys, the Bam Bayous, Giannis. I mean, even another big, Brooke Lopez has had a year for Milwaukee. So Embiid's remarkable, but that wasn't the Celtics last night. Be sure to catch
0: live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
2: So there was a story yesterday that emerged after I was on the air. That Bill Belichick, maybe it happened during it, but I didn't see it. That Bill Belichick has shopped his quarterback, young quarterback Mac Jones to teams this offseason. Now there was some speculation on the internet whether it's true or not. I made a call, my people had not heard it. Doesn't mean it's not true. But my real takeaway is if it is if it is true that they are shopping him, then shame on about nine general managers for not taking the call. Folks, he had no weapons in New England. One of the two years they made a defensive coordinator his offensive coordinator, and yet his passer rating's up against 90. He's completing 66.5% of his throws and has 36 touchdowns in two years. His rookie year with awful weapons. Awful weapons, but a legit offensive coordinator. He had a higher passer rating than Tua and Josh Allen and Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson and Ryan Tannehill as a rookie, a rookie who started one year in college. Mac Jones has completed passes to 19 different Patriots in the couple years he's been there. None has made a Pro Bowl. It is just a collection of rotational guys In the NBA, like bench guys, fourth guy off the bench guy. They don't have a one, they don't have a two, and they just signed a three, Juju Smith-Schuster, to a contract the smart teams wouldn't do. So, and I think people forget this too. (laughs) When he started, and he was a slow, you know, he was a late developer, but when he started at Alabama, he wasn't just good at Alabama. Most quarterbacks are good at Alabama. He had 41 touchdowns and four picks and completed 77% of his throws. It's one of the great passing years in the history of the sport at a program with a defensive head coach in the best defensive conference in college football. 77% completion percentage. 41 touchdowns, four picks. Was Georgia not in the conference that year or LSU? So, like, for me, to me, I like Derek Carr. But if you gave me Mac Jones and Derek Carr and one's free, essentially, I'd take Mac Jones. And I like Derek Carr. But, but, but why would I roll the dice on Will Levis at number four for Indy when I know Mac Jones can play? We do this in sports. And, and, and I don't blame fans for doing this because fans are very passionate. You have teams you re- root for and against. So I, I get when fans don't always have the greatest, uh, most objective takes. Like, I get it. But if you're in the media, it's called Google. It is a search engine. It's all right in front of you. If you look at what he has endured in New England, a defensive culture, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as offensive coaches, awful weapons, worst receiving tight end combo in the league. They overspent for free agent guys, no stars. And he's almost got a 90 passer rating, 66.5% completion percentage, and 36 touchdowns in two years. That's a hell of a, a, hell of a number. You see how bad Cam Newton was with this same stuff? Cam Newton, remember Cam Newton? is bad. So it, the, the, if Atlanta, New Orleans, Jets, Washington, Indy, Houston, if those GMs didn't look into this, and I don't know if this story is true, I made one text and my guy hadn't heard about it in the league. That does not mean, you know, he, the, the guy I text has a good quarterback. So they're not going to be in the hunt for that. And not every rumor out there you get you don't you know about. Some of this stuff is you call two or three teams, and I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, some people are speculating, uh, blah blah blah. It's just trying to be divisive. I, my guess is most people just don't make stuff up, so it's probably true. But I, I think again, I've said this about Derek Carr. I don't think he's great. Of course he's good. I don't think Jared Goff is great. Of course he's good. I think people have swung so far the other way on Mac Jones, he now has incredible value on the market. He's not going to do anything off script. If you look at the history of this league, Lamar's hurt, Kyler Murray's hurt, Russell Wilson down. A lot of these move around guys. Last year, I thought Josh Allen regressed, made more mistakes. Sitting and throwing from the pocket wins a lot of games in this league. Aaron Rodgers has been the MVP two times in the last three years. If you look at his rushing numbers, they've steadily gone down. Aaron now is strictly a pocket quarterback. Maybe not Brady pocket, but he's a pocket guy. I don't know if Mac Jones. If I'm Indy and I can get Mac Jones over Will Levis, I do it today. Totally stabilize the organization. Absolutely, would do it today. I, I listen. There's like. Five guys in this league that you don't pick up the phone for. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. You don't pick up the phone. You just don't know what you're doing if you're a GM picking up the phone. You you hit the Powerball lottery. Everybody else, you pick up the phone. And there's about eight teams in this league. If you're crossing your fingers and hoping Anthony Richardson becomes something, yeah, I saw Mac Jones in the SEC. I saw him for one year in the SEC. ate it alive. <laughs> okay? So, uh, yeah, that uh, the fact that there's there's he can't if New England's trying to move him and can't, that's an indictment on GMs in the NFL.
3: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast inside the Parker.
1: and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Dakovis is your stop before attending your next concert. Takovas has seasonal and limited-edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Dakovis boots made by hand, time-honored tradition with timeless styles always on trend they have first wear comfort with little to no break-in period it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket stop by your local Tacova store have a complimentary drink and shop new styles the smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service if you can't make it to a store, visit DeCovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's bring in Ryan Russillo with The Ringer, my buddy, podcast host, very popular podcast. So most of our lives, I, I feel like the last 20 years, the West was just better. That didn't mean that doesn't yes. mean that it, you know LeBron may win a title, but they're better. I actually feel I don't really buy a lot of the West. Sacramento is a cute story. They're not a title team. Uh, The Clippers, I don't trust. The Lakers, it's fascinating because if it was March Madness and it was one-game series, I was like, oh, yeah, they're a handful. But you think they can – I mean, let's just start with them. Four series, potentially 27, 28 games. On the confidence meter with the Lakers, I am embedded in a five. Where are you at on them going forward in the next month and a half? Look, if AD is
3: going to play like this – yeah then they have to be taken seriously. You know, it's weird because I've defended Anthony Davis forever. I've come on this show. I've shot down your dumb machine <laughs> Wallace cop. okay? I. It's pretty clear I love the dude. And then I, there was a Memphis game about a month ago where he fell down five times, and I didn't know if he was going to get up ever. Like, I didn't know if he needed an alert. You know, I was super worried about it. And then I go, I don't know that I can do this anymore. I don't know that I can do it anymore. And since I freaked out about it, he's been on a tear. I mean, there's a chance he can make All-NBA, and he's the most important player, you know, not just for the Lakers. You could argue he's the most important player for any team coming out of the West. So uh, if he is going to play like this, and even though I don't love the price tag on moving out Westbrook, the fact that they changed this rotation this much and improved it this much within one season, which I feel like they probably felt like they owed to LeBron – Palinka in this front office, like, I don't know, it's weird. I feel like they get trashed way more than they should. Granted, the rotation wasn't sweet to start the season. Yeah. But when you see a closing group, um, you know, with Reeves, with Vando, with AD, with LeBron, whether or not they want to go with Troy Brown, Russell would probably be the guy if he's available. It's a much better team. It's just a tough bet to go Davis, who I'm always worried every time he's on the ground, Colin. Every time, like, is he really going to do that for a month and a half? Is he going to be able to just get up every time? Because the history tells us he doesn't, but so, I love him as a player. Yeah, so
2: um, the, the Celtics are, fa- you know, they're really interesting. So they have to start over at coach. You know, they didn't want to get rid of this coach, where the Celtics last year at the All-Star break bought into the coach and were really good. And, and Robert Williams doesn't get hurt in the finals. I, I mean, I, I thought they were giving the Warriors fits. So, and then I watch them. I don't take anything out of last night. Brown's out. Robert doesn't play. It's Embiid rolling over Al Horford. I don't care about that. But I do think Boston's fascinating. They match up very well with Milwaukee now. They're just more athletic. They get to the basket. Yet they can struggle at times with Cleveland. Philadelphia, I would trust them more in big spots than I would dock in that group. Where are you on Boston? They're not going to blow it up. They've got their core. Um but I just feel like the East, God, they'd have to go through one series, another. I think, I think it's a, a schlog this year. Where are you with the Celtics?
3: i pick them against everybody in a series in the East except for Milwaukee. Um, the other night when they put it on Milwaukee, it's really weird because I'm like, I know this doesn't mean nothing, but like how, how far in the nothing to something meter do I want to go? It actually was weird in that blowing them out by 40 meant less to me than if they had won this really close game, even though they had an overtime game where Boston rested everybody, and it was like, wait, Milwaukee's going to lose to them. Milwaukee's the best team in the NBA. They just are. Yeah. Phoenix has a chance to be that. It's just tough to go on like a week of data where you're going, <laughs> right. oh, yeah, I'll pick them. Like, no problem. Yeah, they played three games. They spoke Charlotte. Uh, I, I love what Milwaukee is capable of. Uh, they were a team that had some depth issues, but you knew they had options, and they have a lot of different versatility of – players around the three main guys, and Lopez, who's incredible, Giannis, who's the best player in the league, and Drew Holiday, who, when he decides to shut down your on-ball guy or off the ball. Like, what he does against point guards who are trying to switch and get him off of him, where he'll destroy your point of attack, or if he goes, you know what, your best offensive player is this wing, I'm going to be glued to him, you can put him on much bigger players. So it's really about a talent thing. I'm not going to trust Harden until I – am told i have to it won't be, i won't trust Harden until the morning after he yeah. does something so and i think it's totally fair based on the resume here i love what Embiid does um you know as far as last night i mean hell horford wasn't even guarding him it turned into blake griffin and Cornet at times and then grant williams to close the game and boston almost swept him in the regular season series and that was without uh rob williams who so rob williams colin when you watch them Boston is a completely different team when he is on the floor. It's not about points. It's not about his great passing. Right. It's not about help, defense. Or it is about his presence being felt. He makes it harder for you to do all the other stuff that you want to do. And if they don't have him, uh, they're downgraded.
2: So, uh, you know, I, we were talking about this a few days ago that I have a soft spot for KD because um, he's had to play with Westbrook and Kyrie, although he chose one, that are really hard to play with. And it's his fault that he left left Steph for Kyrie. That's totally on him. But I don't think there's a player in basketball. Even LeBron moves to your team, you got to kind of reconstruct your offense because he's always got the ball. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a player that, I always felt like Michael Jordan's a better version of Kobe. KD's a significantly better version of Dirk, and Dirk was amazing. I think he's the best plug-and-play guy I've ever seen. Even Michael Jordan couldn't get along with people. KD got along with Westbrook. He just got the ball with two seconds on the clock. After about four years, he was exhausted. Where do you put KD historically? I, I, I think we're looking at the greatest, the easiest guy to put in the history of basketball on any team and instantly make them great. I don't even think MJ could do that. I don't know what, what what his comp is outside
3: of Dirk. That is a very high ranking to be the number one in the history of everything. <laughs> right? So we start there. But you're right. I don't know if you're stealing my material, but I I've said my favorite thing about KD. And look, there's you know who who do you like hundred percent of? Right. Right. Like you complain about your wife to me all the time. So I think. <laughs> When, whenever we're getting into like, what are our options, I'm not waiting around to have a like, 100% approval rating on anybody anymore. i right. you know, getting more difficult. You're on me about it all the time. I love KD. I love his personality. I don't love what happened this summer. I think some of his answers are a little delusional, but at the same time, you're right. From a basketball standpoint, to be this talented, yet be able to fit in to anything that you want to do, that, I'm not going to say it's his greatest talent. His greatest talent is being like seven-plus feet off the dribble into perfect jump shots. Okay, yeah. that's, that's the thing that we've never seen before, I think, right. to this level. And, and to suggest there's going to be another guy like this anytime soon isn't realistic. Now, I would push back a little on the all-time thing and that I think when Steph retires, the best thing you can say about him is he's the greatest teammate of his generation. Yeah. And the addition to what you're talking about is I don't know how many guys would have had the juice that Steph had his place in the game, Ernie with a ring, probably should have had the other one. But whatever, and then be like, I'm willing to defer to Durant. I don't know that. Like a lot of guys say they like to win, what they really want to do is win on their terms. Yeah, they win, it's cool, but if it's on their terms, so Durant for all the heat that he takes from moving around, and granted, some of that is directly his fault. Uh, I love I love the point. I agree with the point. And it's it's like all these other dudes, all these puzzle pieces that we try to put together, where we know the players are super talented, and you go, all right, but how's it going to look? I never asked that question with Durant. And we're already seeing how absurd they look on offense uh, yeah. to close with those four guys.
2: So the advantage uh, to being an older guy is I can go back to late 70s NBA, and I've said this. I loved a guy named World B-Free in his prime average 30 a game. No defense right. didn't make anybody better. But I can no. remember as a kid, he'd be on TV like once a year. You didn't have cable and all this stuff. <laughs> and nobody thought World b Free was a great player. He was a spectacle. He was a great scorer. And I made this argument that's Kyrie. He doesn't make anybody better. He's moody. He's eccentric. He's a great scorer. But I, we can blame him for everything. But Luka's fascinating. Porzingis didn't get along. Jalen Brunson now is exploding. I mean, Kyrie didn't work for an hour. Is that, is it possible, <laughs> because we love scoring, that Luka is going to be hard on Luka? And that he's got stuff we don't talk about. He never stops yapping at the officials. He doesn't give you much on the defensive end. I got three teammate now, teammates now. Don't really like playing with him. What, where are you at this morning on Luka, who gets a pass because he's so damn good? And I mean, he really gets a basket whenever he wants. But where are you You tell me. He's got some flaws, right? We can start picking apart a little now. Yeah,
3: you know, this is the the path of everyone that's this good. You know, if Durant's foot isn't behind, if Durant's foot's behind the line and Giannis doesn't get that title, can you imagine what we're talking about right now with him? Like, it's weird. It's you're the same player, but the way we talk about you is entirely different. Uh, I've been on the Luka thing here for a little while, man. I I, I can't stand him, although I respect him. <laughs> <laughs> and I—that's too harsh. That's too harsh. If or let me let me put it this way: if I need a bucket, if I need a bucket, he is my first choice of anyone in the NBA. That's it. It's that he's that good. He is that good. There's nothing you can do. But during the course of the game, how hot he runs. If you had to watch him every night, and you're not a Mavs fan, and I watch him a lot, because again with the Kyrie edition, I'm like, I want to see how this is going to work out. It gets really really annoying. And I've always felt like when you're, when you're emotionally invested in all of these other things, it can detract from what you're doing. So when I say, okay, Sam, that's harsh. I shouldn't, I don't make this the breakout video to your, your 20 person staff, but (laughs) yeah, I I mean, this is what's going to happen. Like his numbers were so off the charts against the Clippers and it was so soon. And you looked how they were built. Went oh, this isn't even. I'm not even downgrading him. Now he gets the Western Conference Finals last year, so maybe that was enough to appease certain people. As far as not getting along with Porzingis, I don't know what the perfect basketball team around Luka looks like. And sometimes when I watch the Nets play now, I go, if Luca was on that team and you had a big opposing guard who could handle defensive assignments, multiple switchable guys could all oh, shoot, that's what could happen. I think he's a difficult fit as far as what's the perfect four around him and I think with the Kyrie trade I think there were some relationships there with the front office Kyrie where they felt like hey we can make this work let's just raise our level of talent but Dallas this year you know last year's run was a bit fluky they were incredible defensively like the last 50 games or so this year they weren't as good defensively coming out of the gates and now they're even worse because they traded one of their best defensive players so they were a bad defense that became worse and yeah these questions are all going to start happening with Luka I don't know that it's a personality thing. Yeah, I don't like the complaining about the efficiency all the time. Most of that, that's pretty irrelevant. That's just a taste thing. But I'd like to ask Luca Colin, like, what do you prefer? Do you want the ball every single possession? Is this what you want? Because a lot of young guys go through this, they get the numbers, and they realize, you know what? I've got to sacrifice here a little bit. But I don't know that the Przingis-Brunson-Kyrie thing is, is telling us, oh, he's actually really, really difficult. I think he's a super high-usage guy that's very efficient. It was the best version of their offense. And it's hard to figure out the perfect guys next to him. Uh, and as much as I haven't loved Kyrie's history, I wouldn't look at this Dallas mess and be like, hey, this is on him right now. It's just his track record when he goes somewhere. It doesn't seem to be the greatest hang when it's all done.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, the McHales and the Clay Thompson's and the Tony Parker's, we always talk about finding the great player it is hard to find a two in temperament. Pippin would, you know, Pippin, McHale, Clay. Like it's hard to find the two. It took forever for Dirk to find the right cast around him. We gotta go. It's Ryan Rossillo, podcast host. He's popular. That was a joke about Anne. I never speak anything but glowingly about Anne. Thank you, Ryan. I'll have to answer to that later today. I do appreciate that. Ryan <laughs> Rossillo. Thanks, buddy. One more H.E.R.D.? The H.E.R.D. streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search H.E.R.D. to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. An anonymous NFL executive blasts the Giants deal for quarterback mega deal for Daniel Jones. Finally, somebody's willing to say it, though not on the record. That's up to the media peeps. So, uh, according to an unknown NFL exec, told excellent reporter Mike Sando, the Giants would have been better off doing a bad deal with Saquon, tagging Daniel Jones rather than the other way around. Who was going to step out and pay Daniel Jones? That was wild. We said this. Who are they negotiating against? (laughs) Who are they negotiating against? The reason they paid him, in my opinion, is very simple, because John Mara stepped in as an owner and made him pay. And for the record, here is the track record when the owner steps in and makes a decision on a quarterback. Daniel Snyder, we must draft Dwayne Haskins. Jim Irsay, let's get rid of Carson Wentz. Say what you will, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. The best Carson Wentz we've seen in years. Jimmy Haslam, let's draft cocky Johnny Manziel. Steven Ross, lost a first-round pick tampering for Tom Brady. And John Mara, this kid looks nice, Southern kid, and plays a little like uh, Eli. Let's go with Daniel Jones. The Giants were negotiating against themselves. I'm I'm not a litigator, right? Obviously, I'm not an attorney. I'm not an agent. Even I know. Don't pay people big money unless there's other people forcing you to pay them big money. Mahomes would have a market. Allen would have a market. Even Lamar doesn't have much of a market. Baltimore is saying... Go test the market. Why should we pay you a fortune if there's no other bidders? It's actually smart by Baltimore. So, I mean, go look at what Daniel Jones did. Let's talk about his division only last year because that's who you play the most. Let's go to the two games against Philly, the two against Dallas, and the two against Washington. He was 1-4-1, three touchdown passes, three giveaways, and a passer rating in the high 70s. And that's that's your division. That's who you're going to see. And that's with, by the way, a brilliant offensive coach. (laughs) So I I think the Mara stepped in. Um, You know, you would think sometimes billionaires, you know, to be a billionaire, you'd have to be a genius. But all these owners are billionaires. And when these owners step into quarterback deals, it's just not great. It usually ends up compulsive decisions, you're romanticizing about the past, and I think that's what they're doing with Daniel Jones, a nice Southern kid, coachable, just like Eli. He's not Eli Manning. Eli Manning, an elite thrower of the football. Uh, Eli Manning, great in the two-minute drill. Eli Manning, great in the biggest games. Eli Manning, great on the road. He's not Eli Manning. He's not close. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition – Made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh?
0: Yep. You know what this playground could use?